Hello and bienvenue at Cheeseland, a podcast where a couple of Aussies drink wine, eat cheese and chat about life in France. I'm Julia. And I'm Sai. Now today's episode, we're going to be talking about the French Riviera and our experiences in places like Nice, Cannes, Monaco and Marseille. But Sai, do you actually know the official definition of the French Riviera? No, I do not. Well, it's considered to be the southeast corner of France, and it stretches from Toulon to the Italian border. It runs all the way along the Mediterranean. Marseille isn't actually within that area. No, it's not, because I guess it's west of Toulon. So this is going to be the French Riviera, plus a little bit extra. But before we head south and enjoy the sea breeze of the Mediterranean, would you like to tell us about the cheese and wine we have for tonight? Sure thing, Sai. Our cheese for this evening is Coulomiere, uh, which is a place in France which makes this cheese. And it's a lesser known cousin of Brie. So it's, it looks quite similar to a wheel of Brie. Also looks and tastes quite similar to a camembert, because who can actually tell the difference between a brie and a camembert? Um, but it's made of cow's milk. And then our wine, we have a rasto from the Cave Saint-Pierre. And on the bottle, it says Cru Durand. But after doing a bit of Googling, that seems to be the same place as the Côte Durand. So I'm not sure why they don't call it a Côte Durand wine. Oh, there you go. Interesting. Merci. And santé. Santé. I'm realising, of course, now that we probably should have bought cheese and wine from the Mediterranean border area of France. That would have made sense, yeah. Yeah, clearly you just weren't that (laughs) organised. Anyway, Sai, why don't you kick us off? I know you recently went to Marseille, so how about you tell us about your experiences there? Yeah, so roughly three weeks ago, I went to Marseille for a longish weekend. It is about three hours, 20 by train from Paris. That's not too bad. Yeah, I was there with a friend and we kind of just touristied around. We walked around, ate some of the local food and uh, yeah, enjoyed it. So a bit about Marseille. Uh, it is the second largest city in France after Paris at around 850,000 people. Really? Yeah. I thought, first of all, that some of the other cities would be bigger, like Lyon or Bordeaux. No, so if you're just talking about the city proper, uh, it's definitely Marseille. I think Lyon, its greater region, is bigger than Marseille's greater region, but the city itself, definitely, it's definitely Marseille is the second biggest. Interesting. Is it also the second biggest sort of commercial centre? In France? I'm not quite sure. It depends what your measurement it is. It is the biggest port, though, and that is because since antiquity, so the Greeks and Romans, Marseille has always played an important role as a port city in the Mediterranean. So it was actually founded as a Greek city called Marseille. I can't remember. I don't know if that's how they would have pronounced it. Around 600 BCE. A long time ago. Yeah, so as I was saying, to this day, it's still, it's still an important cruise and shipping centre for the Mediterranean. Being a Mediterranean port, its local cuisine has been influenced by seafood. So it's got a local dish called bouillon bays, 
which is a soup consisting of like kind of like fish of the day and uh, a bunch of herbs and stuff in it. I didn't actually have it while I was there because... I was just about to ask. Yeah, yeah. So the problem is, is that there's apparently there's lots of tourist traps and I knew there were lots of tourist traps. I just didn't know which ones were not going to be a trap or not. And right. It's always sold as very expensive and it kind of started off as a fisherman's dish. So it was, it's not, you know, when it first started out, it's not really meant to be an expensive dish. It's whatever the, the fishmongers could not sell, they would throw into a soup for themselves. And that's kind of how it started. Did you try some other seafood though? Yeah, so there wasn't a rough area of Marseille and uh, the local government built a brand new mall there. Okay. So malls are kind of, from what I understand, are kind of rare in France anyway, because it's a bit of an Anglo-American sort of thingy. But anyway, there's a brand new mall there and we, my friend and I went up to the top and it's kind of got, you've got this beautiful view of the coast and everything and there's a seafood restaurant there. Yep. And we kind of had fresh oysters and mussels and... Um, cooked prawns and various other mollusks so like snail sea snail and stuff like that and it was pretty 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 good it was I think yeah it was interesting I think my friend and I got a little sick but yeah in the moment it was really tasty (laughs) okay I'm not sure if that's a recommendation (laughs) yeah or a warning to stay away I think more on the side of warning but like in the moment we really enjoyed ourselves okay (laughs) I guess the, having lived in Paris for a few months now, just getting any sort of fresh seafood is a really nice change because I've found that definitely in Paris there's not a lot of fish. You don't get it in the supermarket so much, or if you do, it's very expensive. So Yeah, I mean, they can, they can ship it in from the coast regions, not ship it in, but train it in pretty quickly. So I think you can still kind of get from some markets, you can get fresh food, but I imagine a lot of it gets bought up by high-end restaurants that's why yeah you're right I don't see much either so it was nice to be by the coast and be able to get what seemed like very fresh seafood and it was not ridiculously expensive either we shared a very big plate for I think it was 50 euro which isn't too bad sounds like a lot but I guess if you got a lot of food for it yeah I think there's always something about eating seafood when you can see the sea the whole atmosphere makes it really really enjoyable experience I think did it feel a little bit like being back in Australia? Yeah, especially I think my family used to have a fair bit of seafood. And so it kind of felt like that because, I mean, Australian seafood is always great. Yeah. Uh, if you, especially if you live in the coastal area. I'm not quite sure if you lived in Alice Springs, how great the seafood is. <laughs> True. So what else did you love about the city? I really like the strong mix of architecture. So there's lots of large chapels. It, it is European continent. So, of course, there was a chapel on a hill. Yeah. And we went up there and there was a really, really nice view. And then there's lots of kind of Mediterranean sort of apartment building stuff. So they're not quite struck, like styled the way they are in Paris because Paris has access to like local quartz mines and stuff, stuff, uh, stuff like that. So Marseille had a kind of different sort of architecture and it looked like it was built, you know, could have been early 1800s to yep. mid 1900s or whatever. Um, and you've also got the old port area, which is kind of has these old... Roman or Greek looking walls and forts which had definitely looked like they have been reconstructed because they looked very new and that's juxtaposed with a brand new museum that they've got there yeah which was really interesting so it was a museum of Mediterranean cultures and we went in there and there was an exhibit on like about like uh, farming and fishing in the Mediterranean as well as 
different, more modern cultural aspects. Something brand new I learned about was, I can't remember the exact name, but it's like the photo novel. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I think I might have mentioned this to, uh, this to you before, but basically it is a comic book. Imagine a comic book, but with real photos. Okay. Um, and text? Yeah, so like little speech bubbles and stuff, like yeah. in comics, and also or just like a little caption box or something. So it was really interesting. So it was, but that was started in Italy, and uh, the thing that really captured my imagination is that I'd never heard of this medium before. This apparently it was never big in the English speaking world. So it was very popular in Italy and France and even parts of Asia. Okay. It became really popular, but it never caught on in the English speaking world. Bit of a shame. <laughs> yeah. So overall, what was your impression of Marseille and that Mediterranean region of France? That area, it was very, very nice. Um, Marseille itself definitely had some rough areas. So there's, there's like a market area which has, I guess, a lot of immigrants have settled there and it def- definitely came across a bit of, like, it was very different and rich in that way, but it definitely was a bit, the buildings were a bit more run down and stuff in that area. But then it goes, as I said, all the way to like a modern rebuilt fortifications and museums and stuff and yeah. huge chapels and things. And there was a very nice, very wealthy houses right on the coast. So kind of on mm. like kind of on the cliffs and stuff of the Mediterranean, some really nice looking houses that looked a bit almost Spanish and stuff. It was really, really nice. Um, and my overall impression was that it's a very dynamic, very multicultural city as well. I really enjoyed my time there. Alright, so let's leave the Mediterranean and move into the French Riviera proper. Would you like to tell us about your experiences? So I went to Nice at the... Was it nice? Nice was very nice. (laughs) Okay. I went to Nice at the beginning of November last year. I ran a marathon which is called the Nice to Cannes Marathon. Yep. So you run along the coast of the French Riviera and it does pretty much stick exactly to the coast of the French Riviera. There's very little that goes anywhere backwards and forwards and turns around or like goes off the coast. You can pretty much see the ocean the entire time you're running, which nice. is amazing. Yep. So I headed down there for that. And while I was there, also did a little day trip to Monaco. So in my three days of being in the French Riviera, I got to see three different cities, which was a really interesting experience. My first impression of Nice is that it was it was really pink. Okay, interesting thing to take away. Yeah, well, a lot of the buildings are painted in this kind of dusty pink colour. And yep. so you can walk along the promenade, but you've got the ocean on one side. And on the other side, there's just all these houses and they all kind of fit together because they're all of this similar color. And even if they're not necessarily painted pink, they might have like elements like their front door is pink or something like that. And it just kind of creates this very cohesive sense to the architecture of the place. Nice. So even as you, yeah, nice, because it's nice. (laughs) (laughs) So even if you go away from the promenade and further into the city, like not all of the houses are done in this style, but there's still this feeling that it's quite, I don't know, something about the colours of the buildings it's used. It's all kind of pastel 
and and really interesting. And there's a very famous uh, hotel that's on one of the corners that's well known for being pink, and it's photographed a lot by Instagrammers. And oh, do you happen to know the name? It's called Le Negresco. Um, it's very famous because it's got a dome at the top of it, which is this pale pink colour. Oh, yeah, yep. And and that's what it's it's well known for. So the city itself, I spent a bit of time there, not a lot of time. The main thing to do is just to go down and walk along the seaside, though, of course. Yeah. The beach there is a beach. I think it's a bit pebbly. I didn't actually go down to the beach because it was the beginning of November and it wasn't the best weather. Still a lot warmer than it would be in Paris at that time of year. Sure, sure. In London, which is where we were living at the time. The interesting thing that I found is that along this beach, there are places where you can go and you can pay 10 to 20 euros for a beach lounger. And you can go and lounge on this lounger on this special part of the beach and right. order your drinks and have them delivered to your beach lounger. You still have to pay for your drinks, of course, but you pay your 10 to 20 euros for the privilege of renting a beach lounger for probably an hour or so. Or you can go five metres further down the beach and just sit on your own beach lounger that you bring from home. Right, right. So at least it's not a completely private beach, which are... I've heard of these these kind of beaches existing in places, but at least, as you said. Yeah, it's more like there are sections of the beach that are private. Interestingly enough that you mention this, because each of those sections of the beach has a different name, like it's called Plage something and then Plage something else, even though to us as Australians it would be the same beach because it's literally just one stretch, but they've kind of cordoned or designed to have sections of it which are known as different beaches. Yeah, sure, interesting. When we then did the run, I mentioned that it went all along the French Riviera, and the really interesting thing was seeing all the little towns at, that we ran through along the way. So I don't think many of these places would have more than a couple thousand inhabitants at most, but they're all facing the ocean. You know, they've, they're capitalising on... The thing that they've got the most of, which is water and a nice view. Yeah, and sure. as we ran through um, along the ocean front, there were all these people like sitting in their cafes, some of them applauding, most of them just looking at us like we were absolutely mad. Yeah. <laughs> but I've heard a lot of great things about these little towns and that should I ever go back down to the French Riviera, it's probably worth visiting some of these little smaller places yeah yeah. getting away from the big bigger cities that are so well known like nice um and seeing some of these little things and then we finished at Cannes, where i got to stick my feet in the mediterranean as a nice finish to the marathon which was very very enjoyable had an ice cream brilliant yep also very good gelato or i don't think it was gelato it was just anything I could get my hands on at that stage. <laughs> sure. um, didn't actually see much of Cannes, but I did walk past the place where the film festival is held every year. I don't know if you know. Which film festival, yeah. Well, yeah. it is the Cannes Film Festival. It's a very big deal. Um, yeah. People, stars come from all over the world to go to the Cannes Film Festival. And if your film is shown at Cannes, as it's known, um, you, you've pretty much made it with that film. So right. it's a yeah. big deal. And then the other trip that I did was my day trip to Monaco. 
and I absolutely loved it. I think it's about two kilometers square, so it's tiny. It's very, very small. Really, really tiny. And yet there are so many people who have squeezed themselves into this area that the whole city is basically just built up of skyscrapers kind of clambering on top of each other to be taller and taller and taller and have a view of the ocean. So it's built onto the side of a mountain, which means that you can get a view. And there's a lot of walking up hills to be done. But they're also, they very kindly put escalators in a lot of the places. So you can go up outdoor escalators or up lifts, elevators are all like cut into the rock. And you, I ended up in some pretty dodgy looking ones, but it <laughs> took me up to the next level. So yeah. that was cool. It also has this amazing museum of like marine life, which I didn't go into the museum, but the building itself is just so architecturally stunning and it's cut into the side of like this cliff you can walk along the seafront and you turn a corner and you see it and it's just utterly stunning but the most interesting thing that i found about the monarchy is about princess grace so princess grace was the princess in the 50s and she used to be an american actress she was called grace kelly and right, she yeah. decided to give up her career. She was very popular, very well-known, beautiful lady. She gave up her career and married Raina III, who was the prince or king of Monaco. And interestingly enough, she is more well-known than he is. So all around the city, I guess, country, are all these plaques of like, Princess Grace was here, Princess Grace was here, this is where she got married, this is where she once opened the opera, this is where she did this, this is where she did that. But there's barely any mention of him, even though he was their king. Okay. But it was, it was an absolutely amazing place to go. It was so unlike so many other places just because of the denseness of everything that was going on and the knowledge that this was a, complete, like a different country. And amazingly, it only cost three euros to get to on on the train from Nice in about 20 minutes. So if you're ever in the area, it's worth checking out for a day trip. Okay, cool. What did you think about today's cheese, Si? I thought it was creamy. Uh, you're right. I think it's familiar tasting like it's brie camembert sort of flavor but at the same time i didn't quite enjoy this one because for me maybe it's something i've eaten before this or maybe the wine or something but it had a weird seafood flavor that i didn't quite enjoy interesting i didn't get that from it i did read somewhere that it's meant to have a nutty flavor to it but i do think that if you put this out on a table at a party people wouldn't be able to taste the difference they wouldn't know that it wasn't a brie or a camembert. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, your average person probably would not know. Yeah. And the wine? Yeah, I thought I think this wine's a bit sweet. It was definitely a bit of a sweeter wine, in my opinion. Um, but nice, yeah, I liked it. It was kind of easy to drink. Interesting, because I was going to say pretty much the opposite, that I didn't find it very sweet at all. And then oh, it just... taste buds are not aligned today. Yeah, that it just tasted very red. You know, that sort of... <laughs> And not very smooth, really. I'm going to say this is possibly one of the first ones that I haven't liked oh, so much. Interesting. There you go.
So that brings us to the end of today's episode. What are we going to be talking about next time? So next time I think we're going to talk about our personal experiences, apartment hunting in Paris and how we found the place that we did. We'll be able to contrast it with our experiences in Australia and London, of which it was significantly more painful, but we'll tell you more about that next week. And hopefully uh, put some handy tips in there as well so that if you decide to move to Paris and you have to go through this yourself as an expat, you can hopefully have a slightly easier time of it than we did. Yep. So thanks to all of you who are now listening along. Um, We're very excited to have you with us. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please leave us a review and maybe tell some other people to listen to us as well so that we can keep bringing you fun stories from life in Cheeseland. Sante! Sante!